We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Hello and welcome to Yield Crime, where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. I'm your host, Lindsay Valenti, and with me is my sister and co-host, Maddie Stangle. Hello. Good morning. It's been a minute. It has been a hot minute. We we were able to take, well, you took a vacation. Mm-hmm. I did a staycation. Mm-hmm. It was really weird. I felt like I was missing something all last weekend. I know. It was weird for me, too. I was like, I should be recording something. Right. Like, I need to tell Maddie to wake up so we can get this done. <laughs> yeah, we are back to our regularly scheduled recording schedule. That was redundant. But we had good episodes. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. So this isn't like a correction Like, I'm not opening the cubby. Okay. But I just wanted to preface this by saying today's episode topic was picked prior to the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. It doesn't have anything to do with her, but it does have to do with Queen Victoria. So, like, if you feel it's too soon (laughs) (laughs) or it's inappropriate given the state of things with the monarchy right now, I'm totally cool with you not listening. Like, obviously, I want you to listen, but if you want to wait. If you want to wait until after her funeral. Her funeral and everything. I I get it. Closing the cubby. For now, anyway. (laughs) Miss Victoria. Yes. Looking for more content? You can find us online at yieldcrimepodcast.com. If you'd like to see pictures from this week's episode, not to mention bonus content and funny memes, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Yield Crime Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at Yield Crime Podcast. On TikTok, of course you are. Follow us at Yield Crime Podcast. So this week, we are going to be discussing Edward Jones. Of the financial institution? <laughs> no. It's a different Edward Jones. It's a very common name. <laughs> Just a little bit. And information was pulled from the following sources. 2018, the Senior article by David Ellis. 2018, the Vintage News article by Stephen Andrews. 2017, Timeline article by Stephanie Buck. 2011, BBC News article. 1844, the Morning Chronicle article. Historic Mysteries article. People Pill page and Wikipedia. And links to all of these articles will be included in the show notes. The concept of celebrity stalkers isn't a new one for us. No. Some end in violence, such as the case of John Lennon, but others aren't nearly as extreme. They don't get there. They don't get to that point anymore, hopefully. Yep. In today's episode, we'll be covering the tale of the first celebrity stalker in history and his rather unusual target, which I spoiled at the beginning. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It's all good. Well, I would say thanks to this guy. There are better 
safeguards in place now for the for current and future monarchies. Yeah. Well, there's that. There's that. Yeah. Silver lining. <laughs> Back in the 19th century, during the reign of Queen Victoria, Buckingham Palace was plagued by an intruder that went by the moniker of the Boy Jones. Mm-hmm. In fact, he was able to enter so many times that authorities were forced to take extreme measures in order to protect the queen. Dang, okay. Boy Jones, who was more commonly known as Edward Jones, was the son of a poor tailor in Westminster and was born in 1824. His father was a drunk. Awesome. And they lived in a single-room home with Edward forced to sleep on a worn rag instead of a bed. That's really sad. So he had a really nice upbringing. Is what you're saying. The best. Super normal. Totally great. Yep. <laughs> Off to a great start. Worse than Nacho Libre, which is saying something. Yeah. <laughs> He's the best. He was the best. I get a rag all to myself. I am, I am. <laughs> <laughs> the first time that Edward was caught wandering the halls of Buckingham Palace in 1838, he was 14. That makes sense. Bored. Don't want yeah. to be home. Why not? Yeah. Don't misunderstand. He had no illusions about harming the queen. No, he had the perfectly normal and rational thought that he needed to break into the castle in order to secret away several pairs of the queen's underwear. Gross. Also, yeah. very obvious, especially back then, because they would have been very bulky. <laughs> That's not something you can just put in a pocket. No. If you had pockets, then. In a book that was published in 2010 about Queen Victoria and her stalker, I'm hoping I'm going to say his name right, Dr. Jan Bondesen noted that Edward Jones was a, quote, very weird character, end quote, who never expressed any interest in women apart from Queen Victoria. Quote, he was a very solitary character, but he was not schizophrenic or classed as mad, just odd, end quote. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. If, like, is there anything about his mom? Did no, he have... no, nothing about yeah. his mom. So he might not have had a mother figure. Well, and keep in mind at this time, and I'm going to go into it during my next, like, section. But this is when she was young. This This isn't old victoria this is young victoria young dateable victoria young very beautiful very attractive victoria okay so he's just fangirling he's simping yep wanting something other than his rag and drunk father at home yep so yeah okay that's strange no one is really sure why edward was so infatuated with queen victoria in particular Victoria, who reigned over the UK and Ireland from 1837 until her death in 1901, was 19 and had only been queen for five months the first time that Edward breached the palace walls. Yeah. He's 14. She's 19. He wants wants to hang out. Yep. She was 19 going on 20. (laughs) He liked to steal pantaloons. (laughs) (laughs) That first time on December 14th, 1838, he was disguised as a chimney sweep 
before being caught in the marble hall by a porter. Around 5 a.m., the night porter spotted the face of a sooty young man peering in his window. (laughs) That's not terrifying. I was going to say, horrifying. Hey, guy. (laughs) Surprise! Good morning, it's me. Do you have panties? (laughs) I like panties. Instead of peeping Tom, it's peeping Jones. During the chase that ensued, the porter discovered that one of the rooms in the palace had been ransacked. Bored. Edward was caught on St. James Street by the police as he was running across the lawn before he was brought back to the kitchen so that they could see him better in the light. Because, you know, street lights weren't a thing. Nope. Upon closer inspection, not only was he covered in soot, but a layer of grease that covered not just his face, but his clothes as well. Ooh, so he like slithered his way in somehow. I'm a snake. <laughs> oh my god, he's a slithery city snake. <laughs> like, come into your garden, steal all your underwear. <laughs> he was caught wearing two pairs of trousers, and once the first layer was removed, Several pairs of ladies' underwear fell out. Yeah. Wow, ye old panty snatcher. That's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Edward was noted as being untidy and quite ugly. Not to oh. mention, <laughs> he rarely seemed to wash or take any sort of interest in his personal hygiene. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Do you think he was raised in a clean household? No. You think his drunk dad encouraged him to bathe or go to school or be anything other than a drunk well and i'm imagining growing up in a single room home they didn't exactly have easy access to uh running water no well and if his dad was incapacitated for long periods of time they probably didn't have a steady flow of income to even be a part of like a bathhouse or anything you know yeah Many assumed that he earned a living as either a chimney sweep, which was common work for a child prior to child labor laws, mm-hmm. or that he worked as a mudlark, who is someone who scavenges what? the tidal mudflats of the River Thames, which was extremely... Oh, that would have been awful. Yeah, and it was really it, dangerous work, too. It would definitely account for his smell. Yeah. As we've covered in previous episodes. They had no sewage system. Nope. A mudlark? Mm-hmm. At least it's a semi-cute name for a really horrific job. Yeah. When he was interrogated at his trial at Queen Square Police Court, a.k.a. Westminster Sessions, on December 19th, Edward gave his name as Edward Cotton and revealed that he had hidden behind furniture or inside the chimneys during the day, and at night he would wander the halls of the palace and look around. That's terrifying. So you could be in a room, hanging out, doing your day-to-day stuff, and somebody is in your room, there, just watching and waiting. Yep. He even admitted to eavesdropping on meetings between the queen and her ministers after he hid under a table. How did he do that? I don't know. See, this is why the queen does need dogs. This is why the (laughs) corgis were an important factor of 
Queen Elizabeth's reign. Yep. They would sniff that man out. <laughs> yeah. Especially if he's covered in grease. Right. It's probably like They'd pig fat like, and stuff. There's a man under this table. He smells like bacon. He continued by saying that when he was hungry, he simply went into the kitchen. And when he got too dirty, he'd wash the literal shirt off his back in the laundry. Because he only had the one shirt. Yeah. That's so crazy. I wonder if it was, if he was able to do it so easily just because there's so many people in the palace at one time. Mm-hmm. That probably. everybody was just like, oh, he's probably just another worker. Mm-hmm. The police were horrified to learn that he had been living this way, undetected, in the palace for almost a year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably the thrill of it. It's better than home. Mm-hmm. Better food, more interesting. Mm-hmm. It's feeding his obvious, like, voyeurism needs. Mm-hmm. I would fire all of the police, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, so what were you guys doing? Yeah. Edward admitted to not only stealing Queen Victoria's underwear, but some linen and a regimental sword as well. He got a sword. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he somehow walked out of the palace with a sword. I'm just trying to equate this to modern times, and it's so scary. Mm -hmm. It's so scary to think about. Like, yeah, a stranger who is really obsessed with you has not only been chilling in your house for a year Mm -hmm. and had access to your private conversations about, like, I don't know war yeah (laughs) the way of the world and now he has access to a weapon Mm -hmm. they just picked up yep nobody's missing it i mean they have swords everywhere in the palace i know but just chilling (sighs) yeah could you think could you imagine if they had that the game of thrones throne (sighs) he'd have access to so many swords (laughs) all the swords i'm just gonna take this soldered off one off the floor (laughs) stabby mcstab stab as you can imagine the police office was swarming with journalists and a witness later identified edward cotton as a former errand boy of his that went by the name of edward jones okay it would make sense that he would lie a little yeah edward's estranged father even showed up to verify his identity well yeah because he can get some fame some notoriety and maybe some money Yep. Which he probably would need if he was drunk. Mm-hmm. The magistrates questioned Edward's motives for breaking into the palace and staying hidden there for so long. Even with all the, the damning evidence against him, he was acquitted by the jury and released. Yeah. I mean, like, what harm did he really do? He didn't sell any of the stuff. Mm-hmm. He didn't physically hurt anyone. He didn't share the the really juicy internal conversations with rival monarchies mm-hmm. or the papers yeah he was just an idiot that needed a home mm-hmm. <laughs> the police sergeant even congratulated edwards on his on being able to live undetected for so long praising his talents in being able to hide in plain sight yeah. You want to work for us? <laughs> you want a job? 
He left Edward with a warning that he hoped he would use those talents for something good. Spoiler alert, he didn't. Yeah. (laughs) You want to be an undercover shopper for the queen? (laughs) And by that, you just, like, try to find other versions of you and tell us. An undercover shopper at Target. Like a truffle pig for vagrants. Yep. Here's one. (laughs) I found it. (laughs) Oh, that's just a mirror. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure the verdict would have been much different had Queen Victoria been in residence at the palace at the time he was apprehended. Oh, absolutely. He would have been killed. But thankfully, on that night, she had been staying at Windsor Castle. I should mention that Edward wasn't the only person who broke into the palace in order to admire the queen. Earlier that same year, in July of 1838, a silversmith named Thomas Flower had gained entry to the palace before he was caught sleeping in a chair near the monarch's bedroom. That's a pretty name. Mm -hmm. Unlike Edward, he was sent to prison before two of his mates bailed him out for 50 pounds or around 3,900 pounds today. Yeah, those are some good friends. I was going to say, I was like, you got some rich friends, bud. Yeah, well, he was a silversmith. Oh, I suppose. We don't know what they did. Well, if they're friends, they might be in the same trade. That's true. Or like people who sell it. Yeah. All was quiet for two years until the night of November 30th, 1840 just nine days after Queen Victoria had given birth to her first child, Princess Victoria. Edward, quote, scaled the wall of Buckingham Palace about halfway up Constitution Hill, end quote, before entering and leaving the palace undetected. I suppose if he was a chimney sweep at one point, he would be agile enough to do it. All that that grease... (laughs) Hopefully he wasn't <laughs> He is a snake. He just keeps sliding down the iron bars. Scuttly, <laughs> scuttly snake. The next day, on December first, eighteen forty, he broke in again and was discovered under a sofa in a room adjacent to Victoria's private bedroom by Baroness Lezen a little after midnight. He had been eavesdropping on a private conversation she had been having with Prince Albert. Oh. Yeah. That could have been any in nature. Yep. Gross. Queen Victoria was so frightened that she even noted the event in her personal diary. Quote, supposing he had come into the bedroom, how frightened I should have been, end quote. Yeah. I mean, she's probably been taught her whole life that, like, the majority of people want her dead. Or hurt, or use her for ransom. Well, she had so, just given birth to a baby. Mm-hmm. So they could steal the baby. Yep. Well, I'm sorry, postpartum. Yeah. Nobody ever thinks of like the rapid depletion of hormones mm-hmm. after birth. So yep. you might be a little more emotional. <laughs> yep. <laughs> a little more protective. Yep. Following this break-in, Edward was arrested and tried. His plea of insanity was immediately thrown out, and he was ultimately given three months probation. So he was still in prison. Nothing. He was still in prison, but he didn't have to do, like, hard labor, which was a more strict punishment in prison. Were they trying to be nice to him so that he would, like, 
not do it? I don't know. Again? It seems really str- I wonder, like, I, I really wonder how he came across. If he came across as just kind of this sad, simple kid, and that's yeah. why they were so light with him, or if it's the fact that he never really escalated these yeah. incidences, where they were like, okay, well, I guess we don't have to kill him. Yeah. I feel like I should mention that prior to this, and even slightly after this, the bureaucracy in the palace was laughable at best. Yeah. Numerous divisions and offices managed everything in the castle, or palace. Even the cleaning of the windows was conducted by two separate departments, one that was in charge of the inside, while another was in charge of the outside. Ooh, yeah. As a project manager, that just really stresses me out. Yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine how sloppy security was. Yeah, yeah. So you have no idea who the contractors hire. It could be a new person every day. Yeah. Edward's normal point of entry of the palace was through doors and windows that had been left open on the ground level, as at that time, security at the royal residence was lack and poorly organized, to say the least. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to think about, because yep. like, at that point, at, well, were they still kind of, were they active monarchies, or were they more of like a show, um, like a symbol monarchy? They were more of a symbol because Parliament was more of established. Yeah. Okay. Parliament was more of the leaving body for the government. I suppose then. I I suppose then you could you would treat them more like a historical site than an active governmental body. Mm -hmm. But still. Yeah. Not only were the walls easy to jump but it was common practice to find drunks, soldiers, or the poor of London sleeping in the palace yard. Yeah. I mean, you go where you can, and it's vast. Yeah. So. At this time, the palace walls were much lower than they are today, and looped by tree branches, making it easy for would-be trespassers to climb up and over pretty much at their leisure. Yeah. Well, and especially, too, you have to think that, like, a lot of the jobs of the time, especially if you were poor, were very athletic. And so climbing Mm -hmm. a tree would have been nothing to the majority of the population. Mm -hmm. This is true. Yeah. Authorities were stumped on what to do to prevent him from continuing to trespass and harass the queen. Surprisingly, prior to his release from prison, the Royal Navy invited Edward to join their crew in an effort to keep him away from London, and by extension, the monarch. And each and every time, he refused. And he's got a good thing going. They're not punishing him. No. Gets to come back. Yeah. Nobody likes change. No. Edward was released from Tothill Fields Prison on March 2nd, 1841, and not even two weeks later, on March 15th, 1841, he was caught trespassing once again by the police force that were guarding the palace. At least he was caught. Yeah. He had been in the middle of having a snack of meat and potatoes in one of the royal apartments. Dang. 
Edward was sentenced to three months' hard labor. Following this break-in, an additional three palace guards were appointed to protect the queen at all times. The the fact that that didn't exist beforehand just kind of boggles my mind. Yeah. That she didn't have a bodyguard. Yeah. So was that a... I know in your research it might not have addressed it. So, like, is that implying that essentially all previous monarchs and stuff didn't have personal security? I don't think they did, no. Wow. If you think of, like, how violent history was. Like, they might have had, like, one person with them. Yeah. Parliament is more the governing body now. Like, you're not fighting to rule the country as the monarchs because because the monarchs are more of a symbol at this point instead of the actual governing body so i don't know yeah i suppose that just seems it just kind of blows my mind because if you think of just history in general and how violent and conniving and intense it seemed Mm -hmm. you know on paper and in the history books and the fact that she didn't have a bodyguard, it's just like, dang. Like, I know. Uh, former presidents have bodyguards for the rest of their life. So. Yeah. As I mentioned, Edward broke into the palace a number of times, one of which saw him <laughs> stealing from the kitchen, not to mention the couple times he was caught sitting on the throne. <sighs> With his little greasy, sooty pants. Yep. Hopefully he took off the second pair. So that his <laughs> queen first his cleaner cleaner closer to the body inner layer of pants and trousers yeah can you imagine it's okay having- it's okay I'm wearing my inner trousers <laughs> I can sit here can you imagine the queen sits down and doesn't know why there's a musk oh god can you imagine having to be the person that cleans the throne after he sat on no. it well I can't I honestly. Can't imagine being somebody who likes to clean in that time period, period. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I would have such a hard time because I'm so OCD. I have to vacuum at least two, three times a week. Like, they didn't even have a sewer system. Like, yeah. I would <laughs> I would just die from anxiety and stress. <laughs> I'd be like, nothing's clean. <laughs> I can't. Well, I'm so allergic to mold that I don't think I could exist in that time. Yeah. You time travel there and you instantly, like, pass away. You're like, everything has mold. mold. I'm sure, I'm sure, like, the crops had mild mold on it. Yeah. We didn't cook it properly. Yeah. Dang. And it wasn't just panties that Edward ran off with. Oh, no, of course not. He'd also managed to get his hands on a portrait of Queen Victoria and a letter the contents of which I don't know. So who knows what kind of letter it was. Yeah. Understandably, authorities and members of Parliament were worried about what else Edward got up to during his illegal visits to the palace. Oh, absolutely. Because he could have a lot of really crazy intel. Yep. Many wondered just how much of the palace he had cased out and how much of the layout he knew. I'm sure he knew it all. Because by this point... How long has it been? He started when he was 14. Well, he must have started at 13 because he had been there for a year. Yeah. And detected. 
Yeah, so it's 1841, and he started in 1837. Yeah, no, the dude knows everything. Yeah, and he has to know, like, all the secret, like, servant entrances and things like that. The old passageways. Mm -hmm. Because they definitely existed. Mm Mm-hmm. And probably still do. For for consorts and the like. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but had he overheard any private conversations between Victoria and her ministers that included state secrets. Yeah, he absolutely did. Yeah. 100%. But was he smart enough to retain it? Yeah. Or realize how important it was? Yeah. Because from the sounds of it, he, like, if he's been doing it for a decade... He hasn't been doing he, it for a decade, but he's been doing it for, but, like, four or five years. But he he obviously doesn't care Mm-mm. about that. Because if, if he would have cared, he would have gone to newspapers. He would have gone to other countries mm-hmm. at that point. If they, if they aren't feeling like there's a mole mm-hmm. at this point, after four or five years, there's no way he's doing it. Yeah. Following his second release from prison, Edward refused an offer of four pounds a week, or around 290 pounds a week today, to appear in a music hall. I don't know why he was offered to work in a music hall, or I don't know. Probably just to get him out. I don't know. You know, they're like, what's a place where he can be like the least harmful? A music hall. A music hall. Mm -hmm. Look, this has a lot of nooks and crannies. (laughs) Slither your way in there and see if you like it. And it wasn't long after this that he was found loitering outside Buckingham Palace. Yeah. Going to what he used to. He's just. It's all he knows. Mm -hmm. In order to nip this continuing issue in the bud, Lord Melbourne kidnapped Edward and placed him on a prison ship bound for Brazil. They did do that a lot. Yep. That would have been really easy to do. He was kept on board for six years. Dang. Almost as long as he was there. Yep. Long, longer than he, than he was there. As you can imagine, he wasn't exactly complacent during that time. Often drunk, he was blamed for a number of thefts. Yeah. And that's what he does. <laughs> yep. Edward was able to eventually return to England, but he was caught and arrested before he got anywhere near the palace. He was released in 1848 under orders of the Queen because she was concerned about any sort of possible negative publicity should something happen to him. Yeah. Because now you can't just kill your enemies like you could back in the day. Yeah. And it was like a known thing. People knew who he was. Well, obviously, if he was caught, like as soon as he touched down again... Mm -hmm. Now, I read conflicting reports about him being kidnapped and put on a prison ship that went to Brazil. In okay. other sources, I read that he was sent to work as on active duty for the Royal Navy, and he served on the HMS Warspite, the HMS Inconstant, and the HMS Harlequin. Wouldn't they have some sort of record at that time for the Navy? You would think that they did. But it was like half and half from my sources. Mm. Half were like, he was put on a prison ship. And the other half was like, no, he served in the Navy. So I am not 100% sure. It didn't take long for Edward to be shipped off to Australia, which many of us know. (laughs) 
<laughs> was a penal colony for the British Empire for a number of years. Yep. While there, Edward worked as a vendor, I don't know of what, before he was able to successfully return to England in 1857, where he walked from Portsmouth to London. He was soon arrested again for burglary and deported back to Australia, where he took up work as the town crier in Perth. Interesting. During his youth, Edward broke into Buckingham Palace numerous times between 1837 and 1841. His reputation as a panty snatcher and a stalker weren't left in the British Isles. They followed him down under, where he became the subject of a number of jokes. Well, I'm sure. Later in life, Edward regretted what he had done during his youth, and he even attempted to change his name to Thomas Jones in the 1880s in an effort to distance himself from it. Interesting. Even with a new name, one cannot escape their vices. Edward was known as someone who was allergic to work, a loner, and a heartless wretch. Oh, wow. What a dating profile. Yeah. (laughs) The best Tinder profile ever. (laughs) Definitely got a swipe right there. (laughs) What a catch. (laughs) He continued to drink heavily during the remainder of his life up until he fell off a bridge to his death on Boxing Day, December 26th, 1893, at the age of 73. He landed on his head after falling 13 feet, or 4 meters, and was buried in an unmarked grave at the Bairnsdale Cemetery. Ouch. Yeah. Hopefully that was a really quick death if he landed head first. Oh, don't make that face. (laughs) (laughs) Queen Victoria would pass away eight years later on January 22nd, 1901, at the age of 82. The post-mortem that was conducted by Dr. Duncan noted that Edward had a two-inch long wound over his parietal bone and that the cause of death was concussion of the brain. It had been reported in the Bairnsdale Advertiser that he had struck his head on a piece of quartz. Dr. Duncan determined that Edward would not have died instantly from his wound, and he passed with a handful of thistles, which is believed he had grabbed after his fall. Like he was perhaps trying to like pull himself. Pull himself up. Yeah. I bet bet it was brain swelling. Probably. Yeah, that's that's why the face. Yeah. Oh, he would have been suffering for a, a minute at yeah. least. A while. There is a memorial plaque for Edward under the name of Thomas Jones at the Bairnsdale Cemetery that reads as follows. Quote, Laborer, late of Sarsfield, died after a fall from the Mitchell River Bridge. 26-12-1893, age 73 years transported to Australia in 1840 for breaching security at Windsor Castle, end quote. That's a really specific and long plaque. Yeah. Interesting that they would put Windsor Castle instead of Buckingham Palace, which is mm-hmm. totally wrong. <laughs> yeah. It was Buckingham Palace. I wonder if they were trying to throw it off and make it less intense. I have no idea. Given the year... I also believe his age is wrong. Probably. 
Yeah, because when you when you mentioned Victoria's age when she died, yeah, it didn't matter. Instead of seventy three years old, because he was fourteen at the time of his first break in back in eighteen thirty eight, he should be listed as sixty nine years old mm-hmm. at the time of his death. If he in fact was seventy three then that means that he was 18 at the time that he first broke into Buckingham Palace, putting him at just a year younger than the monarch herself. Mm-hmm. Which, everywhere it was listed, he was 14. Yeah. Unless they couldn't do math. <laughs> they, I mean... I mean, they got so they much other stuff. Right. <laughs> In his book, Jan Bondesen believes that Edward suffered from a form of schizoid personality disorder. Symptoms of this behavioral disorder include emotional detachment, which can manifest by the person appearing cold and indifferent to people, even their own loved ones. The person can also develop a special attraction to someone of the opposite gender, which can progress to a level of infatuation that precedes stalking. That just kind of becomes obsession. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to know for sure if this is true. But regardless, many believe Edward Jones to be the first celebrity stalker in history. And to close, I'd like to leave you with an interesting quote from a Punch article that was published in the July 18th, 1844 edition of the Morning Chronicle. Just to clarify, Punch was a publication that did a lot of um, like yellow journalism type stuff. Like it no, yield tabloid. Yeah, it was pretty much like... <laughs> Oh, look, it's Bat Boy type of like National Enquirer type of publication. Okay. Quote, Jones is a genius. (laughs) That of the millions who gaze upon the awful walls of Buckingham Palace, shut out from them as from paradise. Jones should have been the only daring spirit that conceived a design to pass them, to dip his plebeian fingers in the custards of the royal larder, to creep up the royal chimneys, to crouch beneath the royal sofa thereby, as his uncle, George Jones, has written to Punch, quote, causing her majesty so much alarm, end quote, that he alone should have done this makes Jones, whatever his real time of life may be, far in advance of his age, end quote. Yeah, let's make a hero out of him. Yeah. And have several other people be inspired to do the same. Yep. That's exactly what they they were fearing. Yeah. And other than <sighs> Jones is a genius, the rest of that was all one sentence. <sighs> I was like, oh my God, as I was my transcribing heart. this from <laughs> newspapers.com. My heart hurts. But anyway, that is the story of Edward Jones. Dang. Crazy. What a life. Yeah. <laughs> Like, there's really not much to say beyond that, because it's just, yeah. Like, you you would assume people like that did exist. And I'm I'm honestly, like, impressed that he never escalated in the way that others have mm-hmm. and others continue to do. Yeah. I think that's what makes him so novel. And he was just like, I just like being here. <laughs> yeah. I just want to hang out. Like, you guys got good bread. I like this place. <laughs> Your meat and potatoes are choice. They're, they're pretty great. I like your throne. Yeah, your rags are nice. 
Your linens are top notch. Got nice rags. Is this Egyptian cotton? <laughs> What's Maybe. the thread count on this? <laughs> if you want a playlist of all our episodes on YouTube, click the link in our show notes or in our link tree and subscribe today for not only a list of our full catalog, but a separate list as well, just of our Can You Crack the Crampboard segments. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I've often struggled with gut health and proper nutrition, which made me wonder what sort of vitamins and minerals I may be missing that my body really needs. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. I drink my AG1 right away in the morning as a great way to get my day started. As someone who suffers from food allergies, I appreciate the fact that it's so lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Not only that, but the subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is so important, especially in Minnesota where I'm from, where we don't get as much sunlight. For less than $3 a day, you can invest in your health. That's cheaper than a daily coffee habit. If you don't want to take my word for it, check out the over 7,000 five-star reviews that Athletic Greens has received. It's not just about the fact that I'm taking better care of my body. Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company that gives back as well. For every purchase they receive, they donate to organizations that help supply nutritious foods to children in need, including No Kid Hungry. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Ooh, I've been dying to try this place. Oh my god, me too. I've heard such good things about it. Welcome to the Crime Diner. I'm Cindy. I'll be cooking for you this evening. Here are your menus. Ooh, what are you thinking about getting? I don't know. Murder with a side of cannibalism? What about you? Ooh, that sounds good. I'm torn between historical mayhem and the social injustice, maybe? Oh. I just want to let you know that each episode comes with dinner, dessert, and a specialty drink chosen by yours truly. Wine Dining Storytime has had a makeover, and we invite you to slide into the booth with us at the Crime Diner, where each week we will discuss a crime over dinner, drinks, and dessert. See you there! And this week's podcast plug is The Crime Diner. This true crime podcast shares food and wine recommendations while telling a collection of incredible true stories. Nice. 
Join Dana, Nydia, and Cindy each week as they cook, drink, and listen to each other tell real-life stories of true crime, mystery, suspense, triumph, and much more. They are also a part of the Darkcast Network. Nice. And we'll have a link to their show in the show notes. So what is something good you would like to share this week? Oh, man. So I have been actively looking for jobs Mm -hmm. the past couple of weeks, trying to find my new place. And I had some really good conversations this week. Uh, Hopefully something will come to fruition next week after a few more rounds of interviews. But I don't know. In general, I, I don't know if it's just the cooler weather or what. But everything just kind of feels better right now. Lighter. Somebody's doing something suspicious out there. My my dogs are free, so they're probably messing with each other. But we were able to go on a date without the dogs because of our neighbor. We have a really nice neighbor who kindly watched the dogs. It's we have to practice it because Willie was so stressed out. He had diarrhea the mm-hmm. next day, but they behaved really well for that for her. And we're going to watch her dogs today, so it was kind of nice to have to not have to worry about them and to go on a date. Yeah, so it was just kind of a couple things this week. Just a nice lighter week. Nice. What about you? Uh, so last weekend. I took a longer trip over Labor Day to fly out to Pennsylvania to spend Mm -hmm. some time with your internet friends. My internet friends. That sounds so like weird. Such a common thing now though. I know. So I went and spent time with my former co-hosts from Pineapple Pizza as well as, so Emily and Ashley, and then as well as Alex from the Weird Distractions podcast. We all kind of got together. For a girls weekend, we went to Gettysburg, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It was hot as balls. <laughs> it was like 87 degrees and humid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Labor Day weekend was hot. It was hot, but it was really fun. It was interesting kind of seeing Gettysburg for the first time. We all went to, it's like a national park, a national memorial park. So we all got our junior park ranger badges. <laughs> nice. As you do. As you should. I was like, do y'all want to be super nerds with me and get a junior park ranger badge? And they were like, sure. Yep. yep. And then I left it at Ashley's. So she's mailing it to me. That's <laughs> oh, cute. But it was really fun. And it was one of those unique situations where even though it was our first time meeting in person, it didn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Like it just kind of felt like. Friends reuniting. Yeah, we were just kind of getting together after being apart for a while. That's really cool. That was kind of cool. And um, we kind of closed out the weekend by going to this haunted brewery. Nice. Called Boobies Brewery. I love that. Boobies. Boobies. And we had dinner in the catacombs that are like underneath it, Hmm. which was super cool. Fun. And I made a complete idiot of myself, as I do. Yeah, I shouldn't be allowed. Should. I shouldn't be allowed in public. 
when we I, I ordered the filet mignon because I was just gonna go balls to the wall with it. I was like, Yeah, this is a treat. I'm gonna get the steak. Yeah. When our server who like enabled me a little bit because <laughs> I keep I kept getting these key lime cocktails which were delicious. Mm-hmm. I had two of them. I probably shouldn't have had two of them. I I mean I was fine the next day, but anyway. Yeah. So he was asking how I wanted it, and I said medium rare. I like it a little bloody like my men. And it was like, I don't even know why I said it. Like That's so funny. And he kind of looked at me and I was like, I am so sorry. I don't know why <laughs> I said that. And like all my friends are like looking at me horrified and like laughing and stuff. And I was like, I sh- I, I'm sorry. I <laughs> should not. That's amazing. And he thought it was funny. Like he started laughing and stuff. But I was just like, oh my God, I should not be loud in public. I like my steak like my murders. <laughs> a little bloody. <laughs> a little bloody. God. But yeah, that was my good thing, is being able to see my friends for the first time in person, and we are already planning a trip for next year. Nice. We want to try and make it an annual thing, so. That's great. Yeah. Alrighty. Got something you want to say? Shoot us an email over at yieldcrimepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your story ideas, see any gifts you send our way, or if you just want to say hello. We're pretty friendly. Speaking of friendly, if you'd like to have real-time conversations with us, consider joining our Discord over at the Cultivate Network. You can chat with us over at the Old Crimers Cubby, or catch up with any of the other great creators that are part of the Cultivate family of podcasts. Just click the link in our show notes or over on our link tree to get started today. A great way to support the show if you want to help us out but can't do so financially is to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Good Pods, Spotify, or anywhere you can leave us a review. Mm-hmm. This week's review comes from our friend Bex over on Podchaser, and she says, The hosts have an easygoing manner and giggle-inducing banter. The concept ironically brings a fresh take to the true crime genre, considering how unfresh the crimes themselves are. <laughs> I enjoy this show a lot. Oh, thank you, Bex. Thank you so much. Her moniker is Potato Lady. Nice. So she does this thing called Potato Lady Podcast Reviews. So she like reviews like a lot of podcasts and like rates them and stuff. So she's pretty awesome. If you're interested in ad-free content, consider supporting us with a one-time donation either over on Buy Me a Coffee or our Venmo page, both of which are in our link tree and in the show notes. If you'd like early ad-free content, not to mention some bonus material, become a member of our Patreon today for as low as a dollar a month. And I have no idea if there is a sale this week on TeePublic. I kind of get emails usually the week of... And that's mm-hmm. when I'm like alerted to them. I used to get them in advance, but not anymore for some reason. But I have put up our spoopy season merch. So we have our spoopy shirt and yes. it's decorative gourd season shirt. I'm hoping to create some other designs to put up for mm-hmm. the fall. And yeah, if you want to check them out, head on over to our Tea Public shop. Yes. And on that note, as always, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Madison. And we'll see you next time with another tale. As old as crime.